Hello, this is Teresa Marks, and I'm joined by my colleague, Halsey Schreier. We are both senior wealth strategists at CIBC Private Wealth. This is the fifth podcast in a six-part series that focuses on proactive planning during these uncertain times. As you know, we've been looking at ways to create opportunities during this time of low market values, high market volatility, and even low interest rates. One opportunity that clients might be looking at is a intra-family loan. In times like these, we might see our loved ones struggling in a financial way that they haven't over the last couple of years. And so clients are looking at, is there a way to get liquidity or assets to that loved one in a way that helps them during their financial difficulty, but also accomplishes some wealth planning opportunities? Intra-family loans are one option that might help that family member as well as accomplish some wealth planning goals. So Halsey, can we start with what is an intra-family loan and where often do you see um, clients engaging in intra-family loans? Sure thing, Teresa. Uh, an intra-family loan is exactly what the title is. It's a loan between family members or other loved ones, generally at an interest rate that is below the commercial market going rate. And it's basically, it allows that next generation or that loved one to either go, get through an economic hardship, to purchase a specific asset, like a house or a car, to buy a business, to buy into a business. It really, it's it's a great way to transfer money to a, the next generation without giving it away. Uh, well, a lot of our clients like to make intra-family loans because they, A, don't, don't want to give the entire asset away, or B, don't believe in giving the asset away. And by structuring it like a loan, it allows that borrower to have some skin in the game still. They still have to repay on the terms of the loan. So, that one, even though they're receiving this sum of money in exchange for receiving that, they have to abide by the terms of the loan and pay back their principal. So that family member making the transfer, the lender family member, it really is in a, is in a good position to help their next generation or their loved one, but they're not just giving it away without any strings attached. So really both the lender and the borrower continue to have, you know, quote unquote, skin in the game, even with an intra-family loan. That's correct. It's, this is a, it's a great way to, to transfer the wealth down to the next generation without, you know, without truly giving away, but also ensuring that the next generation has some responsibility to u- utilize the funds as they originally requested, whether it be for the purchase of a specific asset or to help get through some tough economic times. So what are the mechanics of an intra-family loan? What should we know about how it works in order to make it to make it not a gift for estate or gift tax purposes? Well, an intra-family loan has to look a lot like a real commercial loan. So it has to have the proper documentation. There's going to be a promissory note, a schedule of payments. There's going to be an interest rate, and that interest rate has to be um, above the AFR, which is prescribed by the Internal Revenue Service each and every month. So for the month of May, that interest rate, depending on the term of the loan, ranges between about 0.25% and about 1.15%. So as you can see, those rates are pretty low, but it ha- the rate charged on the loan has to be at least that amount or a little bit more so that it doesn't qualify as a gift. So you have to have the proper documentation. And if, you, if you're helping to buy an asset, you're going to have to have whatever documentation to secure that asset. So if, for example, if you're buying a house, you really want to have an attorney put together a mortgage along with the note to make sure that everything is documented properly because that's the key. You want to make sure when you're creating these intra-family loans and you want to make sure you're not making a gift. So having all the documentation in place and getting the right advice from professionals is key. And also we just have to make sure 
that interest rate is above the applicable federal rate for the term of the note that you're putting together. So what are some of the benefits of an intrafamily loan? I mean, obviously, you know, you've mentioned the interest rate is, is typically lower than commercial lenders. But what are some of the other benefits that maybe both the borrower and the lender can get out of an intrafamily loan? Well, one thing is because you're not going through a commercial lender, you're going to save on closing costs and other issues associated there. So that's it's a nice cost savings for the whole group. Also, the loan, the terms are quite flexible. So you can structure them how you see fit. You can make it an interest-only loan with a balloon payment at the very end. You can make it. You can make it amortize it over the life of the loan. You can really structure it however makes sense for both parties. So the, the flexibility is probably one of the key aspects here that is beneficial to both sides because you can really put a, a lot of thought into this and make a financial arrangement between the two between the two loved ones that makes sense and will benefit each side of the table. I mean, even if you want to think about it from the lender's perspective. This is a way to create a small cash flow stream. So if they if they want to help the next generation, but they're worried about their own living, by by you know charging the at least AFR a little bit more, they can set up a little tiny cash flow coming back to them. Now with those AFRs I mentioned earlier in May, that's not going to be very much, but at least it's something. So what makes intrafamily loans particularly you know beneficial during during this time with you know in our current economic environment? Well, just like a lot of the other planning topics we've discussed, the combination of low valuations or lower valuations in, in assets and also lower interest rates really presents a unique opportunity. So if you lend money to the next generation and they, they now have purchasing power, they purchase those assets at a lower valuation. But because interest rates are so low, as long as that asset grows more than that prescribed interest rate, so in May it's going to be as long as it grows more than 1.15%, over the the term of the loan, and well, each and every annually for the term of the loan, then this appreciation is being passed to the next generation to that loved one, transfer tax free. So this the depressed market values allow for the potential for more growth, and these lower interest rates really make it a the the hurdle rate to make it a successful strategy to move wealth to the next generation is much lower than it was, but even three or four months ago. I mean. The the rates the AFR rates have dropped quite uh, quite considerably here in the past you know four to five months. So, and this is a great time with depressed asset values and lower interest rates to really move on a strategy like this. So, really, intrafamily loans are letting us leverage uh, maybe some some purchasing power and um, being able to you know, hopefully invest in the market before it recovers, so that appreciation accrues to the benefit of the borrower rather than the lender. That that accomplishes our wealth planning goals, but it also gives the borrower that liquidity or those assets to you know help maybe during a financial downturn or, or purchase an asset or a business like you were mentioning. So it really accomplishes both of those goals at the same time. Um, and like other strategies we've talked about. We're really looking at a really tax efficient way to move that appreciation, like you said, in terms of, you know, having these low interest rates, you know, being able to recover more than 1.15%, you know, as the market recovers, we're able to get that appreciation out without a gift. So again, we're avoiding using gift tax exemption, like in some of the other strategies and really focusing on getting appreciation outside of the, the transfer tax system. That's right. This is really sort of the most straightforward way to move that appreciation out of one's estate without using gift tax exemption. I mean, when you compare it to the GRAT or the sales of the grantor trust, it, this is a much more straightforward approach. You're just simply l lending money to a loved one 
and they're hopefully buying an asset or your to that will appreciate more than that prescribed AFR. And in today's low interest rate environment and the depressed market values, there's definitely a great chance of that happening. So this is a the simplest way to structure that kind of arrangement. But once again, we want to make sure that everyone knows that you really have to make sure you have the right team around you, the right accountants, the right wealth advisors, the right attorneys to make sure that this is documented properly and that the mm-hmm. correct interest rates are used given the terms and structure of your note. Because the last thing you would want to do is in a situation where you're trying to avoid using gift exemption is to accidentally make it a gift. So we can't stress enough that getting the right professional help is a, is important. Yeah. So even though it sounds simple, there are still some very important boxes we need to check. Correct documentation, correct interest rate, and really having that bona fide creditor borrower relationship that if, if, as long as we have those, you know, we can, we can accomplish what we want, but getting that right advice and making sure all of those boxes are checked is really important. That's correct. Thank you so much. For more on this and other topics, subscribe to this podcast and visit wealth.us.cibc.com. CIBC Private Wealth Management includes CIBC National Trust Company, CIBC Delaware Trust Company, and CIBC Private Wealth Advisors Incorporated, all of which are wholly owned subsidiaries of CIBC Private Wealth Group, LLC, and the Private Wealth Division of CIBC Bank USA. All of these entities are wholly owned subsidiaries of Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only, and the material presented should not be construed as an offer or recommendation to buy or sell any security. Contents expressed are current as of the date of this publication and may change without notice.